We welcome another LA Kings voice to talk about the Kings as we hit the stretch run of the regular season. And I might even get educated on hockey analytics. We'll have a conversation with Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan the past 30 years as you know we like to have an interview each week and while we've had a few regulars like la kings insider zach dooley we also like to have some new voices and new perspectives from people who cover the la kings and with that in mind we're going to welcome in in just a second russell morgan he covers the la kings for hockey royalty which offers a fresh perspective on la kings news rumors and analysis that according to hockeyroyalty.com and if you go there now you can see stories on the ontario reigns latest game uh, la kings prospect updates and of course coverage on the LA Kings. Uh, and we welcome in Russell Morgan, and you can follow him on Twitter at NHL Russell. Hey, Russell, how are you today? What's going on, Eddie? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm uh, I'm really excited to have a conversation with you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, real quick, I uh, just wanted to ask you right off the top, uh, are you a Kings fan? And if you are, how did you become a Kings fan? Yeah, I am a huge Kings fan. Uh, that's kind of what uh, got me started. Uh, into covering the team um pretty much been a fan my my entire life my dad uh grew up uh just kind of i wouldn't say he was really involved in, in being a huge hockey fan but once like the gretzky trade happened and pretty much kind of gravitated too much like a lot of people in southern california to the game of hockey and especially the kings um just i guess the aggression he was a big marty mcsorley guy so uh, growing up with him and then kind of learning the, the game myself, I, just, I fell in love with the game more than almost more than the team. And then so, I mean, the Kings were in the household already, so I had to become the, the fan. And it's been a fun ride ever since. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Kings, uh, where you thought they were kind of heading into the season and your thoughts on uh, where they are at this point. Yeah, um, I think if you it kind of all starts going back to last year, uh, if you would have thought at the beginning of last year that the team would be in the playoffs and, and eventually take the Oilers to game seven and, and maybe even somewhat thought that they should have won that series. I think a lot of people would have been surprised. So it, it felt like they were ahead of the curve. Um, but I don't know it, it, with the additions of Deneau and Arvidsson, those were huge additions. And I think the Deneau one was a lot more underrated than what people across the NHL thought. So I thought they were a pretty good team and definitely a, a playoff contender. And sure enough, they did eventually go to the playoffs. So coming to this year, I mean, I thought they should make the playoffs. Not, not even miss the playoffs. I, I was expecting them to make the playoffs. And it certainly looks like that's going to be the case. So just to kind of, I guess, talk about the season as a whole, I, I think they've done a really good job and almost out, uh, exceeded expectations again. Um, thinking about, we're talking about this team being, 
not only contending for the Pacific Division title, but being contending for the Western Conference title, which would be huge if you're talking about trying to make a deep run in the playoff, if you can have home ice advantage all the way to the, the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I think it's been a, a fun ride for the team, and they've been uh, one of the better stories in the NHL this year for sure. I talked on our Wednesday show about how the season has evolved and some of the key moments, you know, the, the ugly loss to Buffalo and then the next game you beat Boston. Obviously, Phoenix Copley being called up and doing what he's doing. Quentin Byfield joining the top line and, of course, the trade deadline acquisitions. Are there a couple of moments that really stand out to you, uh, either those one of those moments or something else uh, so far this season? Yeah, it's it's funny because it feels like this. Uh, there's like a few different chapters that have yeah. written in this book of a season. Like if you think about like the first chapter, it was just purely goaltending. Like it was just so bad. And and I, I think of like games that especially come to mind were was that first game in Calgary. Um, I, I don't remember what the final score is, but there was just so many mental mistakes. Um, and then you look back at the game at home to Seattle that was nine to eight. I mean. Like with even how close that was, I was just sitting there watching that game, just so frustrated with what I was watching on the ice because you'd never expect a Kings team, I mean, let alone any NHL team, to give up nine goals in a game and almost even have a chance to win. And I think that's what was even more frustrating about it because you score eight goals and you lose. Like, okay, what's going on here? And then I also think about there's another game at home against the Senators, I believe, where they lost in overtime and the way that ended was just so frustrating. And I actually did a podcast with Jesse Cohen right after that, just kind of voicing my frustration. And it was all about goaltending and just mental mistakes that were just happening throughout the early part of the season. And then you, like, like you just mentioned, you, you kind of go to that road trip and that Buffalo game where they gave up six goals in the third period. I mean, there were fans just talking about like fire McClellan, like get a new coach, like change something needs to change. And uh, a lot of it, I mean, I, don't blame them because it was just so many mistakes. And, and as a coach, I, I mean, McClellan, they just had to be sitting there like, what do I have to do? Cause you knew you had a good team in front of you. You knew you should be winning these games and it just wasn't happen ha- or happening. And then sure enough, they go into Boston, the next game, come back from down two Oh and win three to two in overtime or in a shootout. I forget what it was, but yep. I mean, I think that's been, I look back to that as being the huge turning point of the season. I mean, ever since then, uh, I think Cal Peterson was waived. Phoenix Copley has come in and been this hero almost, putting the cape on and saving the season. And it's been a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, and uh, we kind of – the next chapter has been almost post-trade deadline with the Jonathan Quick trade and then Gavrikov and Corpus coming in. And they've just been lights out and been one of the best teams since the trade deadline ever since. Well, I definitely want to talk to you more about goaltending. And since you did mention you are a Kings fan, uh, as am I, obviously, uh, the Jonathan Quick trade was uh, pretty shocking to me uh, in a number of ways. Um, but, you know, I've talked about it, obviously, on this show. Uh, it it certainly has helped the Kings. I thought Rob Blake did did his job. He made the Kings better, which is what he has to do. But obviously, there's a lot of emotion involved in it. And there's been... I don't know, uh, a divide amongst some Kings fans. People kind of picking sides on, you know, are you a quick fan? Are you a Kings fan? Is there a way to kind of balance both of those out? So let me ask you, as as a Kings fan, um, emotionally, what was that like for you and and your thoughts on on that trade and eventually seeing him in a Vegas uniform? Yeah, the like like you said, the initial shock of it, I think, is what overwhelmed a lot of Kings fans. I mean, you 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 think about when it transpired too, I mean, 
Andre Kopitar just scored four goals against the Winnipeg Jets and are pretty dramatic uh, comeback victory. So Kings fans were riding an all-time high uh, in terms of the season. And then all of a sudden you get this bomb dropped on you that Jonathan Quick is part of the trade uh, for Columbus for uh, Gavrikov and Corpusalo. And yeah, it's just like, what the heck? Like you're trading Jonathan Quick. Like nobody would have thought that would have happened. Everybody was talking about, oh, they're going to have to eat salary with Cal Peterson or or just try to figure out some way to, to improve the team while, while having Jonathan Quick maybe even just sit in the press box. But sure enough, he eventually gets traded. So, I mean, my initial like reaction was like it, it felt like it felt like they did the team did a disservice to Jonathan Quick. And it's it's hard because obviously we're not we're not in the room. We're not part of, we're not with the team. But with all the reports that happened, it felt like it could have been done or re- the message could have been relayed a little bit better or even just kind of give him a, a quick a heads up that, hey, this is something that we might be looking at um, just so just be aware that it could happen. But, I mean, you really have to give a lot of credit to Rob Blake because it's, that's the hard part of being a GM, right? I mean, you have to make these sort of decisions to improve the team. You can't continue on showing this loyalty if it's hurting the team as a whole that he's just one of the 23 guys on the roster. So, I mean, there's 22 other guys that are looking to win games. And if the one guy is not helping you win, then you got to make a move. And that's, that's pretty much what Rob Blake does or did. And, and now I've kind of got to the point where it's weird. Like now Jonathan quick got traded to Columbus and now he's on Vegas and, and you see him kind of perform. He's playing a lot better than what he was with LA, but, um, it's weird. I like, I don't care. Like my Jonathan quick, like I think of him as the enemy. And I think a lot of Kings fans think of him as the enemy now too. I mean, he just passed John Van Bree's book um, for the second or th- to become second all time and uh, wins by us goaltender. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. I mean, if he was a King, yeah, that'd be cool. We'd be praising him and whatnot, but right now he's the enemy. And I'm sure once it's all said and done, once once he retires and everything, he'll get his accolades, he'll get his banner raised, maybe even a statue, and then we'll all revisit and be uh, the Jonathan Quick fans that we were when he was part of the team. But right now, public enemy number one on Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to have much more with Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty, and he might even teach me a few things about hockey analytics and maybe the audience as well. But first, I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you become a new customer. Uh, it's a bonus bet back when you, if your first bet doesn't win, you just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, more with uh, Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty. And uh, the Kings have been uh, going with this goalie rotation uh, ever since they made the move to get Jonas Corposalo. Obviously, Phoenix Copley and him are alternating starts. Uh, it's been a pretty close race so far as far as who's going to be uh, the number one goalie. Maybe Copley a slight edge at the moment, but that could certainly change with the next start. Uh, your thoughts on that goalie competition and how you think it might play out once we get to the playoffs? Yeah, it's been uh, – I, th- I think Tom McClellan's kind of got this um, notion in his head that he, he can with – the, with the way the schedule's uh, looking right now for the Kings, there's a lot of easy games, it feels like, on the 
on the horizon for them and, and also in the past. So he's had this opportunity presented to him where he can kind of go with this rotation between Copley and Corpus Allo. And he's also doing that um, throughout the entire lineup. We've seen him with the bottom pair um, with Sean Walker, Jordan Spence. We've seen him in the fourth line, just multiple players in, in and out. But in, in terms of the goaltending situation, yeah, you, you have to figure out eventually who's going to be the starter come game one of the playoffs. And, and that seems like the, to be the big debate. Uh, when Corpus Allo was brought in, he certainly comes in with the pedigree uh, of playoff experience. He had that one uh, playoff run. I mean, it wasn't a long playoff run, but he had that one playoff stint with the Blue Jackets where he, he had that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning making 85 saves. I mean, that's just unheard of. I, I believe that's the most amount of saves in any regular season or postseason game. So you see, you see those numbers and you think all, automatically like, oh, he's for sure going to be the, the number one starter. And with Phoenix Copley, he's always just kind of been this AHL journeyman goaltender that's never really been given the opportunity. And now that he's kind of taken the reins, he's, he's been incredible for the Kings. So, I mean, for me, I, I think eventually we'll get to a point in the season where we see McClellan kind of ride um, one goaltender once we get to the maybe the last five or three or five games of the regular season. And then we can kind of see, get some more consistency in terms of the, who's starting but, I mean, if, for me, the, the, the game one starter should be Phoenix Copley. And it's just because of – it's almost rewarding him for everything that he's done for the team this season. I mean, the, the Kings would be nowhere without him. We might still be talking about Cal Peterson and, and Jonathan Quick as part of the team if Copley didn't come in and, and save the season like he has. So, I think it's almost like rewarding him for, the, for everything he's done for the Kings this season. And then you obviously have a really solid backup in Corpus Allo if you do have to go to the, that route. But – yeah, if I'm if I'm picking the game one goaltender right now, it's Copley for me. So I freely admit that I'm not really into the advanced hockey analytics. And on your Twitter bio, it says at NHL Russell covering the LA Kings for Hockey Royalty podcast host and analytics. So keep in mind you're talking to a guy who apparently can't add because I said on yesterday's show the Kings had 15 <laughs> games left when they actually have 11. Last time I checked, 71 minus 82 is 11. But anyway, maybe you could educate me a little bit on some of the analytics that hockey fans should probably be aware of and maybe how some of those numbers show why the LA Kings have played well this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, analytics are, are kind of becoming a, a big part of the hockey community um, just within the last uh, couple of years or so. Um, and I think, I, think it's, I think it's really good. I mean, because you can get a lot, of, a lot of stats, but then there's also that eye test. So for me, I like to try to balance what I see on the ice and then also use the numbers to kind of back up uh, my, what I, my, my opinions as well. So it, for the Kings, especially when they won, during those cup years, they were really into Corsi. And, and, and Corsi pretty much is defined as, as shot attempts on net, not just shots as a whole. So the Kings were a huge puck possession team. They were one of the best Corsi Corsi teams almost of all time. I mean, Justin Williams was a Corsi monster. It's just constantly throwing pucks on net. I mean, we've seen that. That's that's kind of been the MO of Daryl Sutter's teams. And we've almost seen that with the Calgary Flames this year, almost to a fault because they're not really getting a lot of high value opportunities out there. But I think a big uh, a stat or statistics that's uh, been coming out recently is expected goals. And expected goals just kind of, I guess in a broad sense, it almost just kind of, gives a value to a shot or a, a scoring opportunity on the ice. So it assigns a number or a percentage to that opportunity. Cause if, if you kind of just beforehand scoring chances were just so broad, it was just any, a breakaway would be the same scoring chance as let's say a two on one opportunity where we know probably a breakaway is maybe a little bit better of a chance of going in the net. So 
with expected goals, you're able to assign a value, taking into account all the variables that come into play, whether it be the goaltender in net, whether it be where's the shot taking, who's taking the shot, and even the arena that it's being played in. I mean, so there's a lot of, or the defense also as well. So there's a lot of different variables that go into that. And we've seen some, a lot of websites kind of come into play um, recently, whether it be moneypuck.com, Natural Stat Trick, Evolving Hockey, um, Jay Fresh and, and Dom, Dom Lachizan at The Athletic. They all have really great models that use their own mathematical values to kind of figure out those those numbers. So if you hear the, the, the term expected goals, that's kind of, become the big overall statistic that everybody's kind of looking at and uh, kind of overplacing um, Corsi and Fenwick and all those shot attempt uh, statistics. And, and are the Kings standing out in any of those key areas so far this season? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess to the first uh, few months of the year when we, we kind of looked at goaltending, we were always just kind of trying to figure out like what, what's really wrong with this team. And, and everybody thought like, Oh, it has to be defense and goaltending, but I mean, if you look at the team as a whole in the season, they're top four in expected goals against per 60. So what that says is they're limiting the amount of scoring chances against them. And But their save percentage as a team was probably dead last, or if not one of the worst teams in the league. So if the defense is playing well, they're giving up so few chances, but the, the save percentage is, is super low. Then you can kind of make that, that assumption that, okay, goaltending is the number one issue. And sure enough, since Copley has come in, since Corpusalo has come in, they're one of the best teams in the league. So you kind of look at that. And then there's also another statistic when I talked about with shot attempts is, is uh, shot attempts that aren't hitting the net at, at five on five. And the Kings are one of the best teams in the NHL at, at, at preventing those shot attempts from hitting the net. And I think Vegas is also like right behind them. So you're kind of seeing those um, statistics start to catch up with the NHL with the Kings and the Golden Knights being one of the, the best teams in the NHL uh, currently. So it's something that was kind of like missing in terms of trying to define the team's identity, but it's really all about been, it's really been all about defense the season as a whole. But now that the goaltending is starting to catch up with it, um, you're starting to see it come into light even more. Quentin Byfield has been, I guess, somewhat of a controversial player for the Kings. I know, I'm sure you've seen it on social media. There's still a segment of Kings fans who think he's a bust. He's an underachiever. They see <laughs> Tim Stutzler, what he's doing in Ottawa. Uh, but he's obviously had a positive impact with the Kings on the top line. Uh, and I know you had an article recently about him being an emerging star. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, ever since December 31st, Quentin Byfield has been a playmaking monster. And all I really wanted to see from Byfield this year was growth. I, I, you, you know, there's a, a, a star player in there. I mean, how many players are six foot five, 220 plus pounds that can skate as fast as he can. I mean, you watch him move on the ice and it just, oh, whenever you watch him play in the first few, uh, games a handful of games that he got with the kings it, there would always be this like little flubs and little tiny errors that he would have that almost felt like okay like he's he's getting there he's he's learning he's learning how to play the game but now ever since he's been placed um with kopitar and kempe on the first line since that december 31st game i mean the confidence has just skyrocketed in the player and we've seen this the stats start to catch up with him as well i mean i mentioned in that article he's He's top five in assists per 60 minutes during five-on-five five play ahead of players like Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon, which, which is great. I mean, especially for a player who's only 20 years old. So, uh, of course, you'll have those, those people that are still saying, well, he's not scoring as much. He's not shooting as much. And I, I guess it kind of makes sense when you're playing with 
a bona fide Hall of Famer in Andre Kobitar and a, and a player who leads the team in goal scoring in Adrian Kempe. So the team, the team is winning games, and they've kind of been trying to look for this top line left winger to play with Kobitar, and and it, it kind of felt like it was going to be Kevin Fiala at the beginning of the year, and, and that that didn't really work out. We've seen other players like Aya Follow in there. We've seen Gabe Velarde there, Arthur Cali even there, and they had never really found a home in that spot. But ever since Quinton Byfield has has been there, he's he's not only skyrocketed his playing, but skyrocketed uh, Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe's uh, play and goal scoring as well. So it's it's been great to see. And it only feels like we're just seeing a glimpse of what the player in Quentin Byfield can become. And that's why I think there's a star in the making. We've got more with Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty. We're going to get an injury update uh, with the LA Kings. He was out of practice the other day. But real quick, I need to let you know, uh, obviously, thank you for watching this show. But once you're finished, check out Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So more with Russell Morgan, and I know one of the reasons that Kings fans should follow you on Twitter uh, is that, unlike some of us, you were able to get out to Kings practices often and provide firsthand information on what's going on at practice. Uh, and you were out at practice on Wednesday, got to talk, got to, talk to head coach Todd McClellan, uh, and I wanted to know what did he say about the injury issues going on with the Kings, Kevin Fiala, Gabe Velarde, and Sean Jersey. Any thoughts on when we might see those guys back? Yeah, I think it's uh, with Velarde, actually almost with all three of them, it seems like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, the 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 hit that um, – or the collision, I guess you could say, that Velarde took in the corner board, that, that was scary. I mean, the way he went into the boards and – and we all know his history with his back issues and whatnot. It, it was almost like back first straight into that corner. So, I mean, everybody kind of gasped as soon as they saw it. And, and you can almost say the same thing with Kevin Fiala with his uh, collision with Cogliano in Colorado. It was scary. And Sean Dersey uh, got crushed in that game. I believe it was against Montreal. So, uh, Dersey's been out for a little while, but we've seen him skating in a red non-contact jersey. I believe he finally joined the team on Wednesday for practice. So, that's definitely a good sign. Uh, we didn't see Gabe Velarde or Kevin Fiala with the team practicing on Wednesday. But uh, with talking with Todd McClellan, he he did say that Kevin Fiala did skate on his own on uh, Wednesday, uh, and which was which is a great sign because we haven't heard that he's been skating. So to hear that he's actually uh, got the skates on and on the ice, that's that's great to hear. And he did he did say that uh, Gabe Velarde should join Kevin Fiala in that skate uh, today, as we're recording it on Thursday. So. He did. He did uh, skate with uh, Fiala and Velarde today, or Fiala and Velarde both skated on their own today. And um, also on Wednesday, uh, when we talked to McClellan, he did say that uh, Sean Dersey should stay, quote unquote, take the next step forward in his return. So whether that is shedding the red non-contact jersey and um, kind of taking the next steps into getting back to the lineup, that remains to be seen. But the team practices again tomorrow. Uh, they had the day off today uh, with this extended break, so they practice again tomorrow on Friday. Uh, so we'll see if the if we get all three of them back with the team, which would be so, huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and hopefully uh, firing on all cylinders once we get to the uh, most important part of the season. Uh, it looks like the four teams that are currently uh, in playoff positions in the Pacific, Vegas, LA, Edmonton, Seattle, are going to make the playoffs. How do you see it playing out the rest of the way as far as the matchups? And do you see on the horizon another playoff series against Connor McDavid and the Oilers? Oh, man. I mean... It's 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 crazy because I think a lot there's like this 
handful of Kings fans, or there's a lot of Kings fans out there that almost want this revenge series against the Oilers. And, and I would love to see it. But if I could wait until maybe round two or three for that to happen, I'd be <laughs> yeah. more than happy to see that happen. Because, I mean, the way Connor McDavid is playing right now, I mean, he just scored his 60th goal against the Coyotes uh, just last night. I mean, that's a player I would love to avoid. So it, it's tough because the Kings are probably the best team in the NHL right now since the All-Star break. But they haven't really, like, made any ground against the Golden Knights. It's just mm-hmm. been those three teams that have just keep they keep winning. And I'm sure if you look at the standings, those are the three hottest teams in the NHL. So for me, I, I, think, I think you have to win the division if you're the Kings. If you, if you can choose to match up against a team like Seattle or Winnipeg in round one and then have Edmonton face Vegas in round one, and I mean that's a huge improvement. Then you can kind of figure out uh, where you're at later on. Um, so yeah, I mean if you can have the Oilers or the Golden Knights be the teams to knock each other out, and one of those players or one of those teams are gone after round one, I think that'd be huge. So it's it's tough because the Kings are almost kind of solidified in the playoffs playoff spot, but the division seems very um, important in terms of playoff seeding and where this team can who this team can match up. So these last eleven games. Are, are really important and we have a there's a pretty big road trip coming up too where they go up to uh face the oilers and the the flames and seattle and and vancouver so those are going to be some tough games to to um try to overcome and get some uh, points out of but uh, i think their next two games are against uh winnipeg and st louis so hopefully they can grab another four points there and then have a good road trip when they go up to canada so one final question for you, uh, Russell, and, and looking at what you think would be a successful season for the LA Kings, I think, as you said, we all anticipated them getting back in the playoffs and at least taking that next step, right? Getting out of the first round. Is that good enough? Or do you think with what we've seen so far with the Kings that we should expect them to have more than just a first round series victory? <laughs> I think it's funny because, I mean, the way that the team has played, these last few weeks and almost if you look at the a season as a whole, I think a lot of Kings fans have Stanley cup uh, on their, on their mind right now, which is, is crazy. Cause I mean, this team was 25th overall just two years ago. And now we're looking at probably back to back 99 plus point seasons, which is unheard of in terms of Rob, I mean, Rob Blake's done a tremendous job with this rebuild, but I don't know. It's uh, I, I came into the season thinking that the team had to make the playoffs and certainly looks like that's heading in the right direction. So, I mean, yeah, I would like to see them win at least one series and get out of the first round. But, I mean, even then, I, I think there, there's still a lot to look forward to in terms of this team's future. I mean, Quentin Byfield is just getting started. Brant Clark's not even on the team. He's breaking records in the OHL right now. Andre Kopitar is still going to be around for the next season, and I believe after that as well. Uh, Drew Doughty is still signed. I mean, they have a really good young core that's just getting their feet wet or just got their feet wet last year, and now – will come into this playoffs uh, with a little bit of experience under their belt. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't say if they, if they lost in the first round, I wouldn't even think that's a disappointing season. I'd still be very satisfied with where they at. And then you start to look in the next year. I mean, you have a pretty important off season. Maybe Rob Blake makes, makes another big move or two. And then you go into next year as a really solid contender in the Western conference. Cause you look around the West and, and not a lot of teams scare you in terms of, future or even just if you look at the division not a lot of teams scare you in terms of the immediate future and, <clears throat> excuse me anaheim's still trying to figure things out 
San Jose still trying to figure it out. Van- who knows what Vancouver is doing? Um, so it's really just the Kings, uh, the Oilers, the Golden Knights, and, and Seattle. And if if I can uh, compete against those four teams, I, I like the Kings' chances with where they're at uh, as far as youth um, and where they're going for in the future. So, yeah, I mean, if they can win a round, that'd be great. I mean, I'd be more than happy. And obviously winning the Stanley Cup would be uh, tremendous. But I, I think it's been a, a really great season, and I'm pretty satisfied with how they played this year and, and bodes well for the future. Great stuff from Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty. Uh, Russell, it was awesome to have you on. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, certainly hope we can do it again sometime. Uh, HockeyRoyalty.com on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty. Uh, anything you want to promote or let the fans know uh, what's going on with you with the Hockey Royalty? Yeah, I mean, we have our Hockey Royalty podcast. We have uh, weekly YouTube shows. I'm on Twitter spaces, uh, talking with the fans, letting the fans let their vo- uh, voices be heard. Uh, like I said, I'm just a fan, just like everybody else. So um, I, I, they, the team's been uh, gracious enough to give me some uh, access to cover the team. So I try to just be a, a fly on the wall for for the fans themselves and, and try to uh, tweet out or report everything I hear and see and just so the fans can get the, the info that I receive as well. So it should be a fun ride. It's been a fun season. I'm really looking forward to the playoffs. It should be fun. Yeah, same here. Uh, like I said, Russell, really appreciate your time. Enjoyed the conversation. I'm sure our, our viewers and listeners did too. And uh, we'll see you out at, uh, at crypto.com arena. Absolutely. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. That was Russell Morgan. Really, again, uh, enjoyed that conversation and appreciate his time. Hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Uh, I want to remind you that coming up on tomorrow's show, it's another Friday fan feedback show. Uh, we're going to read your comments and questions about the LA Kings. And if you would like to send an email, it is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you can post your comments below as well. Certainly read all of those and pick out some of the ones that I think that our fans would like to uh, to hear about. Uh, of course, we're on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings. You can even send me a message on Twitter, direct message or a message, uh, if you have a question or a comment. And we're also on Instagram, at LockedOnLAKings. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching this edition of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.